Joining Hunkering Down with Peter Schorsch is Adam Smith of Mercury Public Relations, formerly the political editor of the Tampa Bay Times. I was just talking to him earlier today. He said he is, he, we've had to move this back a couple times because he is fairly busy. Adam, how are you and what are you working on? I'm just uh, trying to stay sane mostly, but uh, I've got a bunch of clients. Some days are busier than others. I'd say I'm less busy than I was before this mess, uh, but that'll change. It's a, it's a lot like journalism. My, my schedule changes hour to hour, day to day. How's your family? They're pretty good. I've got a daughter in Washington who's working from home and is doing pretty well. And I've got a uh, daughter who goes to University of Vermont who's working, who's down here now. Uh, and I've got a son who is in high school and he's, he's taken to calling this coronacation because the schoolwork is not very hard. Yeah. Um, is he is he at St. Pete? Is he at IB? I mean, I, I knew you had one other kid. In the- he's at St. Pete High. Yeah, other years at LCC. Oh, that's right. Well, that's. Well, uh, we are. Um, it's going to be interesting here in the next day or so whether or not they cancel out uh, the rest of school. Um, I think they're going to have to. I don't know how you send the kids back for just like that week or so, um, and then I don't know what you do for the entire year after that. Like, do you make them? start school a little bit earlier. I mean, it's just, um, you know, I don't know what Richard Corcoran and uh, Ron DeSantis are going to be up to. Um, talk to me about, like, you're living, you live in downtown St. Pete, right? I assume you're still. I'm with downtown St. Pete, where all the beautiful people are. Every day at 8 o'clock, downtown erupts into cheers and noise for, for the uh, healthcare workers and frontline folks. Oh, really? And you take part in that? We do, yeah. It's nice. The kids and I do, and the dog howls. Um, I've we've got the um, I put up Easter Christmas or Easter lights, like Christmas lights, kind of as a display to make everybody happy. But I was thinking about switching them over to the blue um, because I think that like aren't we? I think maybe on Thursday we're supposed to like cities throughout the country like that's the new thing. We light everything blue uh, for the healthcare workers. Um, I don't know if that's. I'm assuming, based on your past practice, you've got a very understated, very subtle lighting display up. So you would barely be able to see it from from space. I mean, you'd have yeah, to. Yeah. Right. Um, we actually had the Easter Bunny over. Uh, we invited him to stop by, and he practiced social distancing and had people uh, wave to him uh, in their cars. If you know Bayou Grand, that kind of curvy road, we're on that. And so uh, this last weekend we had people, um, you know, drive by and get to see, you know, see the Easter Bunny. And the week before that we did, we did a couple of uh, Disney princesses and they were in the driveway again, practicing social distancing and they got to wave to people as they drove by. So um, we're all trying to find ways before I ask you the questions, I ask everybody else, you got to give me some journalism. Journalism takes right now it's tough out there what is it what is the way through for the journalism industry what is it what does it possibly look like in six months or a year what can be done in your humble opinion um while they take on water right now yeah boy if i knew the answer we'd be in a lot better shape i i think um 
there's obviously great journalism going on all over the country and all over Florida. And I think we are in a situation that is uh, really borderline extinct. And we're going to be seeing some significant outlets, I would imagine, go under. If things keep up, we're, we're seeing a lot of outlets. I just read the LA Times is talking about revenue down 50%. That you can't hang on. It was it was already tough. You, they can't hang on very long if that continues for months. And I, I and I I really don't know what the answer is other than maybe Google and Facebook uh, realizing that you know the content that the people search for is produced by uh, these journalists and that they need you need you need infusions of billions of dollars. What do you think about? Um, Vern Buchanan had a proposal today that uh, said that um, we should have a, a kind of a bailout for local journalism. What do you think about that? Is but I think you know that would have been two years ago. I would have said he is smoking something, and <laughs> most journalists would have said that. I think now it, it's uh, it's an essential business, and it raises all kinds of ethical and conflict of interest questions. But I think it's a very very valid uh, suggestion. All right, so let me ask a couple of the questions that we ask everybody here. Um, when did coronavirus get real for you? Um, was there something that you read or saw that, wait a second, this is going to be a 9-11 or greater or worse, I should say, uh, level event? Was there something, when did you see that? It was right around early March, because I was right around my birthday on March 9th, truly, because uh, somehow or other that uh, was a was a level. And I remember for several weeks, my sister-in-law up in uh, Westchester County in New York was sending me what I thought were these insane emails about maybe my mother, who's a snowbird down in St. Petersburg, should stay down longer and before coming back up north and... Uh, they're going to be running out of toilet paper, and they're going to. And I was openly laughing at her about it. And then I think uh, I can't remember the single moment, but I, I I'm one of those guys that when something like this happens, like I read obsessively. Yeah. And I I don't more knowledge and more uh, curiosity is not necessarily a good thing in situations like this because it just freaks you out. Uh, what do you so, read? What are you uh, What are you reading now beyond the obvious kind of basics of the New York times and so forth. Anything that you'd uh, like, I've been trying to tell people not that it's a basic, but I thought the Atlantic's coverage of this has been, superb. you know, that's literally exactly what I was going to say. I think, I think the Atlantic has become a phenomenal uh, magazine. I mean, really. And even before this, it was getting better and better and something, but I think it's become something of a, of a must read. And you know what? I think that there, there was an article that went viral in the Atlantic, and I can't remember the name of the writer, that just talked about how the, the exponential growth of this. And I think that was one of those reading at 1230 in the morning one night that really brought it home for me and made me start uh, realizing this was a BFD and we've got to take it very seriously. But absolutely, I, I read the New York Times, I read the Wall Street Journal, I read the Washington Post, and and certainly, and I read the Tampa Bay Times obsessively. And, I'm reading everything, so it's hard to single out. But absolutely, The Atlantic would be the one that's outside the sort of most likely uh, named outlet. The um, the time the the local the Tampa Bay Times has done. I think it's done a good job. Again, it's I, I'm watching the fifth season of The Wire right now, just because 
I wanted to start there. I think there's a podcast starting up that's going to do a week by week episode on Bill Simmons's uh, podcast network. So I wanted to go through and watch the wire again, but I started with the fifth season, which is about the decline of journalism. Uh, how does that work? I don't know how many times you've seen the wire, but does that, does that work? Okay. To just start with the fifth season? Uh, no, huh, not really. There's just too many, there's too many characters because there's so many great payoffs and callbacks in the fifth season. You, you really want to, you really want to have seen at least from the third season on, um, you know, the second and fourths are definitely standalone, but I think when you get to the fifth season and they will have people, there's a character named Cuddy, who was the boxing instructor. He shows up for 10 minutes and it's like, oh, what a payoff. Um, you know, it's kind of like fan servicing in Avengers in a way. Um, but it is a better, the fifth season got kind of knocked around for being, um, you know, there's this serial killer storyline kind of as ridiculous, but it's a lot, it, it stood the test of time, especially the, the, the journalism stuff. It's, it, it, it seemed a little cheesy at 10 years ago. Like I remember one of the actors said, if it bleeds, it leads. And I'm like, I don't, does that really get said in a newsroom? I mean, I think everybody knows that already. It, uh, I, I felt like it was very like some exposition or something like that. And so and the answer is no, it doesn't really get said in a newsroom, I don't think. But, yeah, I, I, I'm interested because I'm sort of out of binging material. So maybe I will go back to The Wire. It's just a lot of, what is it, seven seasons? It's five. It's five. five. Okay. It, it, um, I, I guess it's like I can see the, the bureaucratic editors as they're, like, you know, making the chops uh, on the, um, you know, the police guy with the police reporter with all the knowledge. I'm I'm just imagining that conversation having to take place in all these places and having not worked in a newsroom, but following journalism, I need the visual. And it's just like, God, is this what these guys are going through right now? Uh, but I think like what the times has done, like, I got to tell you, I love the Stephanie Hayes hire into the column work. And, you know, I, you just see, as it said in the wire, people doing more with less. Um, and still, you know, the people that are there doing their absolute best to turn out a product, um, you know, writing four stories a day instead of maybe, you know, what they were expected to write before. Um, so it's, it's been, it's, it's still remarkable stuff. What people, you know, what these, these folks are doing throughout all of the press corps, you know, um, and, uh, and to a certain extent, also the, like the TV journalists, they've done a very good job because people are watching that, you know, I always, I always remember that people are watching ABC Action News more so than they are reading, um, you know, Politico Florida or something like that. So, yeah. um, let me, uh, what was your last normal day like? You know, what, what, what did you do? You know, now it's been something like, it's been over a month since the NBA closed down and Tom Hanks uh, got diagnosed. And that was like the day when the light switch turned on. What was your last normal day like? It was, was that the day for you when it got real, when we heard the Tom Hanks announcement? No, uh, to be, uh, to be, of course, I'm going to say this now, but I've been following it since January. I moved all my, I got out of the markets um, in like the first week in February. Uh, you and Trump, I think, pretty much saw this before everybody. No. We're on this, right? <laughs> no, I just, I, I. I just happened to have like a lot of little 
so I think you know the people, you know, the World Partnerships people downtown in downtown St. Pete. Um, yeah. So I would always talk to all those people uh, and do those presentations. And so, like, I've got a little network of, like, 30 or 40 Chinese journalists that I follow. Um, and so, for, and for some reason, there's a lot of Indonesian ones that I follow as well. And they're in my feed, and I just kept seeing it. And then, quite honestly, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts on this one, uh, Paul Bradshaw at the Southern Group is kind of my mentor. He's, you know, he's a um, he also runs a exotic chicken farm. Is you know what he's a uh, known for selling like the most expensive chickens in the world. Uh, they, don't, they don't call him uh, Paul Exotic for nothing, do they? <laughs> no, he he would be. He, he's you know he's right up there, um, and he. Uh, was telling me in February, you know, get your money out of the market and cash and all that stuff. And I remember people, when I was in Tallahassee, people were kind of making fun of him. They thought he had like, that they, that he had lost it. Um, you know, what's up with this China shit? And um, It turns out that, you know, he, uh, he got positioned pretty well and he got that firm positioned pretty well. Like they've got a really good newsletter and stuff like that. And they've been, they've been kind of, chicken little uh for over two months now but it, it got me out of i mean it saved me from getting crunched on the the stock market uh, was the big thing um so that was but so march 11th was the day i think a lot of people uh with with the nba going dark tom hanks nhl i think that was a lot of people um that started thinking about it yeah yeah that was a big name um what are you watching or reading? You said you're looking for something to stream, so maybe you've watched everything now. What are you watching or reading or downloading or video gaming? Uh, help us, for the people that are hunkering down, give us your recommendations on some stuff to watch and read. Uh, this is going to sound more pretentious than I really am, but I'm now sort of moving into uh, British police procedurals. Oh, so I'm doing a bunch of those lately. I've been watching a great show called uh, Shetland, which is kind of a slightly dark uh, mystery kind of show that, that I've been enjoying. But I haven't found like I'm looking for another Ozarks or Wire or something that just absolutely I can't wait to get back to. And of course, Better Call Saul. I don't know if you watched it this week. I did. It is uh, finishing very strong. What a great show that is. Did you watch uh, Top Boy, um, Summer House? No, and I've heard about that. That's supposed to be good, though, right? Yeah, I mean, just because you bring up the British stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you and I were in London at the same time, right? Wasn't that's wasn't right? It? A couple of years ago. Was yeah, that we a couple were, years ago. Yeah. I think. I think. In fact, we just moved our France trip to a London October trip. Um, but yeah, um, if you're, it's not a procedural. But it's the wire with some British. It's it's you know it's got that wiry feel of um, you know the Dickensian uh, look at the top of society and bottom of society. Um, that was pretty good. And then there's a, a show out called um, I think it's 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 also Asian and London are the two are Tokyo and London, and I think it's called. Um, I don't. I wouldn't know how to pronounce it, but it's like Haji and Girji, and it's like uh, shame and pride, and it's a a police uh, story that spans two continents. Pretty good. 
Um, right and now. my mother is trying to get me hooked onto something called a, a French series called a, which really does sound pompous. Uh, I also like a trashy TV too, but it's called a French village or whatever it is in French, a petit village or something uh, about a little village in France that's under siege by the Nazis in World War II. And it's quite good. It's basically a, it's basically like dynasty with subtitles. What's the trashy show? What's a trashy show you watch? Everybody can say The Wire and Mad Men, and you know, uh, what's a what's a good you know, potato chip show that you'd like to watch? You know, my daughter and I are big fans of uh, Kitchen Nightmares. Ah. Uh, what is uh, the you know Gordon Ramsay? Is it Restaurant Nightmares? What is that one? That there's. We watched. There's, we, whole, we, there's a whole bunch of those restaurant nightmares. I think kitchen. I think kitchen I, nightmare was the one on Fox. I thought. I think the BBC one was restaurant nightmares, right? Well, we watched restaurant nightmares, but it was the American one. And there's some. That was a. That was a biggie for us. Um, what else? You, you name it. We, we. She's a. We watched a lot of Survivor. We. I've watched. I, yeah. I enjoy my trashy TV. Are you? Uh, would you be better served if you were? Um, if you were living in London, is that is that like a? It seems like you've got an affinity for that culture. Um, would you would you ever consider, you know, if we have to ever leave Gilead here, would you ever? Is that where you'd uh, post up at? I we, you could do worse, but you and I live in the best city in the world, so why would one want to leave this place? Uh, <laughs> that's true. We have it's 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 been very interesting driving around St. Petersburg. Like I'll go down to we go down to Rococo. Uh, to pick up there is one of the f- places that we're trying to keep open right now. And it's so eerie how empty it is. But then like when you drive the waterfront, it's extraordinarily busy. I mean, up until, I don't know what they're doing now with um, closing the tennis courts and the pickleball courts and all that stuff. But, and it just, and doing so, it reminds you of how much natural beauty there is throughout all of St. Petersburg from, you know, my house all the way to downtown. You can just, you're just all sorts of trails. And, um, you know, I think about the, uh, the, uh, what is it? It's the uh, Arbor. How do you say that word? Arboretum. Um, yeah. I mean, just check that out. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful city to live in. Um, and even more so when you can get around it. What's your view on Pinellas opening their beaches kind of sort of, you know, I think an interesting question about that is, you know, is, what is Bob Gaultieri thinking? Because I, I, I guess he, I, I find him to be one of the most confounding um, politicians, leaders I've ever met. I mean, I worked on his first campaign against Everett Rice, um, and he is extraordinarily intelligent. Um, but, like, I just think about how, like, you remember he was against uh, teachers having guns in school. Then he, he, he does the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas um task force and then he's for it and he has a very he has a very reasonable explanation for it michelle and i had him on the podcast and he actually made michelle cry telling the stories about it then you know you look at like his thinking on the stand your ground stuff with marquise um uh i forget his last name with the the clearwater shooting and how he just you know he tosses and turns publicly over these stories and then you know, just within the last three weeks, he goes from let's keep the beaches open to let's not open them back up. And he's kind of like the reverse of public opinion. And 
I did, I find him I find that angle to that story probably the most fascinating is like um, the Bob Goltieri. I don't know what he is. Uh, he may be sheriff for twenty years, um, but I just I find his I find the local po- politicians right now, whether it be Goltieri, Jane Castor, Christman, kind of to a certain extent. Um, you know, I just I think that they're just fascinating. You know, the Hillsborough County Commission. It's it's some fascinating uh, politics that really doesn't hew to like traditional partisan labels at all. I mean, it's just I, it's very interesting to cover it, to write it, to see how these people are working through it. Yeah, and I, I think uh, it's it's not brain surgery, but certainly the people. Uh, you know, Jane Castor is a friend, and I support. And I supported her, so it's uh, take it with a grain of salt. But I think she's. Just her unwillingness to sort of take pot shots at, at Ron DeSantis or even Donald Trump just uh, speaks very highly of, of of her as a leader, and I think that's what people want. Uh, you know, sh- she's been a lot uh, more conservative in terms of protecting constituents than some people, like the Tampa Bay Times editorial board, and some others wanted her to be. But I think her she's she's knocking it out of the ballpark. Yeah, she's um. It- it's, you know, people, well, let me ask you this. What do you think? I'm going to ask you this. What do you think of Ron DeSantis's performance? And then I've made the case, you know, DeSantis is, you know, the state and DeSantis are winning the, the pandemic battle because the numbers are so low, but the communication is just so horrible that he's just getting, I mean, he needs to hire Mercury Public Affairs very quickly to get his story uh, turned around. Um, and then people have made the argument to me. They said, hey, it's not because of Ron DeSantis. It's because of Lenny Curry in Jacksonville locking down that city. Jane Castor locking down Tampa as quickly as she did. Same thing in Pinellas, et cetera. Like our, our big city mayors uh, decided to lock it. So let me, let me ask you, what did you think? What do you think of the governor's uh, performance to date? You know, I, you know, I'm a journalist, a former journalist, so I don't even, so I should like taking uh, easy pot shots at people, but I really don't. In a situation like this, it's so hard. But that said, there have been so many unforced errors. And, and I do think this is, when you're in a crisis like this, you go back to uh, Rudy Giuliani after 9-11 when he was still a, a sane uh, person. And he just was getting information out there. He was telling people what was happening, what, what he knew, what he didn't know, how serious it was. He wasn't raising expectations. He was just giving the facts and as many facts as he possibly could. And that's why people found him so reassuring and, so, and, and such a strong leader. And, and I think that's what you've seen in Andrew Cuomo. It, it took him a little bit, but that's what you've seen in him. And that's absolutely what you're not seeing in Ron DeSantis. And it's, these are things he could be doing very easily if he just was, you know, he doesn't even seem to have a very high profile. It just seems to be uh, sending mixed, sometimes confusing messages. This this is a case where the press should not be in a position of having to sue or complain about uh, misleading or uh, information, basic information not being released. They should be letting people have as many facts as possible. That's how you keep uh, keep people supportive and feeling more comfortable. Um, I, I, I go back to a, a phenomenal piece. This is going a little long, but that's okay. You know, and it reminds me that what a gifted writer you are and what a kind of a, I don't know, you're very good at capturing the, the sense of a politician. 
I go back to it over and over again, especially as I as I cajole and criticize DeSantis. But your 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 and I think it was yours and Alex Leary's profile of DeSantis. Um, if I'm if I'm correct, that it was you two. Um, I think it's spot on about who he is. Kind of disinterested. Um, you know, maybe I'll go do this today. Maybe I won't. You know, the wearing the headphone. I, I think he. I think you had a scene about like he wore his ear our AirPods through yeah. the. Yeah. And I had heard from Carlos Curbelo, who had told me, he. Um, Carlos Curbelo told another source who told me that he got on a flight with him to Afghanistan for one of those. You know, junk not junkets. Um, you know, uh, whatever you call those. I'm sorry, I'm losing the right word. And that he had said something to the effect that he put on his headphones and he tuned out for 14 hours. And you're like, you're in the back of an airline or a, a, a C-130 with somebody and you're expecting to have some conversation. Um, and it just, he seems disinterested. He seems like he doesn't know Florida. Like it seems like all the press conferences are Tallahassee, Miami, and the Villages. Um, and I, you know, Randy Schultz had a piece yesterday, what would have, uh, Adam Put or Adam Putnam or Gwen Graham had done. And I'm like, you know, I wish they, they would have, they would have had some, some interest in what's going on in Hernando County or Vero Beach or, um, Pahokee or, you know, the, all the places in Florida that are not just a TV station. Um, I don't know. That's, I get Something that strikes me as very odd, and I've I've said this, but I've never said it. I've never really put this out, out there. Is if Michelle was pregnant right now and I was governor, she would have made me close down the entire state just to keep our baby healthy. Like she would have been, we would have been the most locked down state you would have ever seen. And that's what it's so surprising and shocking to me to see DeSantis traveling the state. Really not, really not enforcing social distancing, and you're just like, wait a second, he's got a, he's got a newborn at home, like three week old newborn. I'm just on a personal level, I'm extraordinarily surprised by that behavior, and so I will just, I'll just say, I just don't get it. I don't know where he's coming from at this point. That said, you know, he's people are still for now uh, pretty supportive of their. Their leaders, you know, we've seen Donald Trump and Rick and Ron DeSantis has got the lowest approval ratings by several measures of any governor in the country. But I think he's still generally above 50 percent, which is pretty, pretty good for Florida. Uh, how long that lasts? You know, there's, there's a lot of time for this to turn around. And uh, there's some indication that maybe we're on the we're heading in the right direction now. But, yeah, I, I don't even think you need to be a warm and fuzzy person to be doing this uh much better than than he is. Rick Scott certainly handled these kind of crises very well. He's not exactly the most uh, warm and fuzzy guy. Uh, certainly Jeb Bush did. Uh, you know, let, I, I think he's hopefully he's getting the message and he'll get to be better. It's not helpful when he does these news conferences and then he starts touting this, uh, you know, miracle medication. And it, it just seems like he's just a total lackey of Trump. And Lord knows we hope that 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 that, uh, uh, medic that medication works, but right now that's not what you want to hear when people are just trying to get basic facts. We can't even know which nursing homes have uh, coronavirus patients in. Um, well, if you were, I'll, I'll, I'll close the podcast and say, I'll put a link up to it on our site. You should go and read Adam and Alex's um, 
pretty telling performance uh, or uh, profile of Ron DeSantis. I think he shifted somewhat over the first year, but it seems, in my opinion, he has reverted back to what Adam and Alex uh, first reported, uh, or and, and certainly best reported back then. Adam, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you stay safe. Enjoy downtown St. Pete, and um, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks.